Welcome to Nairobi Chapel Embakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. We are reading from verse 19 to 34. Matthew 6, we are going to read from verse 19 to 34. I'm reading from the NIV, Matthew 6, 19 to 34. Matthew chapter 6. Tumetoka kitabu ya John, sasa tuko Matthew. I don't know whether ata jenisikia, jajashanahano lenga. Matthew 6, 19 to 34. If you're there, say amen. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Verse 24. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow, reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, Will he not much more clothe you? You have little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of your Son and Savior Jesus Christ, thank you for your word. We are a privileged bunch, a privileged Lord in these times of ours to have the word of God readily available to us. Strengthen us, King of Kings, as we hear your word, as we break it. Protect us from the enemy who desires to steal the word from our hearts and thereby make us not be productive, not be fruitful. Jehovah, may your word have a place in our hearts this morning, this season. All for your glory. In Jesus' name we all shout. Amen. Guys, like I spoke to us in the first week, I have never preached on the topic of money. Never. And story uh, for the rest of my life until we asked Bishop a couple of weeks, a couple of months back, um, why it's so difficult to preach on money. And I said, it is not. It's God's word. And you have the spirit of God in you, so preach. Bishop Anakwanga, he doesn't necessarily spoon feed us. And Nikakutu on a conviction. A conviction. You're like, hey, yeah, it is time. And I've been running away from it for a very long time. The reason I invite the likes of the DC is because want to preach on money. But rather, what do I need to get? And so, I've sensed God ask me to do this for a very long time. But I've had other reasons as well. I've never had any pastor preach it in their own church. Never had. And those who do are very mature. I say, hey, kuna kuna angel Gabriel standing next to them. So they have a power that I don't. Money is a taboo topic in our culture. When I get to go to so how much do you kuna pesa? That's not us. And so it's in the church as well. You don't go around talking about money in our African churches. I've always thought another reason is the Holy Spirit will do the work for me. Me, because young when you preach everything else in the scriptures, he, your money, this one, 
your Holy Spirit will do. And I, I kid you not, most pastors think this way. Ask any pastor friends of yours. Have you preached on money? That's clear their reasons. Congregants may, act, may actually start to assume, hey, pastor, now I'm going to let it. Our pastors are going to approach Maneno Yadaiti. Maneno Yadaiti. He can say, he can say, until and only until Maneno Yadaiti. Hata Angalia. One day, one day, Jehovah this idea. Many pastors in our times and before have really messed up with money, and so it is not a topic we enjoy. You know many, you know, not two years, pastor, we know that, we know. And so you're just like, hey, pastor, another reason is, I, I've never felt adequate to talk about money. You know, in our culture, we give topics like money to those people that look like money. Nataka ujamaa shuke hapo na suti ya 300k An SUV, 50th anniversary range rover Nikishuka nayo, then I talk to you about money, you'll be like, ah, pastor, amen Jamaa, you know? <laughs> and so most of us don't And it's only until we are established that you realize pastors begin to talk about money Because they are like, eh, now, desha iko I think the another reason is uh, we most of us disagree on the doctrine of money a lot. We are not on the same page when it comes to finances. What does God say? Do you believe? Don't you believe? What is your doctrine on money? And I think we disagree, not even just as a body, but even as ministers of God. And so here I am this month. With all the confidence in the world saying, Jehovah, tell me, let's talk about money according to what the Bible says. It is my prayer that we'll hear the Spirit of God. I think I am a prayerful man. I believe so. And so I hope that what the Lord has instructed me to direct us in the Word of God will speak to us. Amen? Uh, we began by talking about tithing. We talked about contentment last week. Today we're going to talk about savings and investments. Tan your neighbor say neighbor. savings. Say neighbor. may invest. In March of this year, the business daily global money week entry read as follows. Let me read for us, eh? March of this year, Business Daily, Global Money Week. This is what it read. Kenya, like most African countries, still suffers from chronic low saving rates, primarily attributed to financial literacy. This is Business Daily. According to a 2021 report by EFG Herms, or Hermes, I don't even know, Kenya's, <laughs> Kenya's savings rate, calculated as the difference between income and consumption, expressed as percentage of GDP was at 13%, which is way below Africa's average of 17%. By contrast, neighboring Uganda, Tanzania, have already crossed the 20% mark, even though their per capita income is significantly lower. Imagine that. Today, more than ever, financial education is a core life skill as more households are living from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. To paycheck. Loosely defined as the ability to understand and apply different financial skills effectively, including personal financial management, budgeting and saving. Financial literally makes individuals self-sufficient. Kenya's poor saving culture is attributed to high spending power, especially by young people who follow international trends closely. The report further cites minimal mentoring and financial literacy as contributing to the low saving culture. Only 38% of Kenyans are financially literate. Well, our neighbors Uganda recorded 34% literacy level against 40% in Tanzania and 42% in South Africa. Achieving financial well-being is more than how much money you make or whether you know how to invest in the stock market. It is about being able to make informed money choices that prioritize your needs and acknowledge delayed gratification. 
from the slide, it is clear that most people are unprepared to deal with rapid changes in the financial landscape. Moreover, this is at a time when credit products such as mobile loans, credit cards, logbook loans, many of which carry high interest rates and complex terms are becoming more readily available. Unfortunately, most parents need to do more to expose their children to money matters. While this stems from how most households raise their children, it is time for a mind shift. We must involve them in day-to-day -day money matters, like managing household expenses, to help open their minds to certain financial aspects. Praise the Lord. Imagine that. That even the newspaper knows that we are not a saving and an investing culture. We are not a group of people that take a lot of time to save, to think on how to save our monies. We spend, spend, spend. My question for us is, is that it though? Is all we have to do just make informed choices as a people? Informed money choices. Is all we have to do have is have delayed gratification. Because that is the essence of saving and investing. We have to delay gratification. Is all we have to do just prepare our children effectively to deal with money matters. And I hope we are, because if you're not, I spoke to a couple in the house of God that told me that when they were young, the parent would take them to the bank and explain the processes behind what she was doing in the bank. It is not a surprise that the lady now is almost, okay, let me not say almost, she's a millionaire. She's not struggling. We have to educate our children. But is that it, though? Is that it? All this is very okay. It is excellent and achieve results, but there is more, guys. And that's why I'm here today. There is more. We've just read in Matthew 6, 19 to 34, but to just verse 19 to 21, the following. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. Nani yashai biwa hapa? Ama yoi katupai kushere. Oh, oh, hey, hey. Where? Mini liibiwa, hey, was it twice in... It's the same month, ama liibiwa, what's G? And it was the same thing, PSP, just for PSP back in the day. So, boy, you see an Angelera, the rest of you, twice, I think, in a period of two weeks. Something like that, or a period of two months. You don't have to take the PSP. Do not store for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I want us to dwell there today, but with all that said, even before we get into the word of God, I must remind you a couple of things. One, savings and investments begin from the discipline of delayed gratification. If you do not have delayed gratification, fall. And if you want to really know what I'm talking about, DC spoke on this. Very powerful. Makofia DC part. Mm. Mm. Are you in order to say you have to say no to Kaleka Isti? Amen? <laughs> if you don't have savings and if you don't invest, it is probably possible that you'll never build wealth. One of the things I said that I will pray for all of us for is that we leave the world having built wealth, spiritual and material wealth. But without savings and investments, it will be very difficult. The number one wealth creator, believe it or not, is not side hustles. It is your basic income. The number one wealth creator is your income. Because God has provided in very powerful ways. All you need to do is live below your means. Below the income. Save money from the savings you'll eventually invest. If you invest well, you'll build wealth for generations. 
wealth for generations. I pray that for you every single day. And I'm not lying. Kitambo likuwa na samanga hiyo nilikuwa uongo. Squeeze in ukweli. Na kuombea. Let's be very careful. I pray for you guys every single day that you would create wealth. Amen? But what is most scary about only saving and investing in the world is that your savings and investments might actually disappear. And that is a scary thought. Let me tell you the story of my dad. My dad is a very good saver and investor. But I realized when I grew up, you know, when you're, when you're with them in the house, you can house. Uji, you know, the usual things that kids are just like, ah. ask your kid what is the best food. I don't think Uji Namboga is part of it. I tried asking Zander, Zander, si Uji ni kosawa. Ni sausage. Na sausage ni how much? Si Uji, si utabai. Meredith is a very good saver. He began working. Um, he began working at British American Tobacco, earning 700 shillings a month. Sweeping. With a diploma in, I think, California Mechanical something. Mechanical Engineering diploma in something. And so he began sweeping, 700 shillings a month. And progressed pole pole from sweeping, he went on to clean the machines. That was a cigarette. From cleaning the machines, he went on to manage, technically manage, like the issues kuna happen, it's oiling, there's something that needs to happen. Then he went from that to actually learning about the machines so well that he started training people to use the machines. By the time he was leaving VAT, he was a technical trainer, earning six figures from 700 shillings. He saved very well, very well. But I didn't know, me and you, Atuna. By the time he was leaving, he left, I think in 2008, somewhere there, and was given a hefty golden, mm, hefty, to the point he bought quite a few bits of property and ended up owning quite a few. Sign up I'm a dream. Sold up a few, so I'm relaxed. But one of his investments, one, Upper Burburu, he woke up one day and he realized the title lead on it is not his name. And that was the end of that. And so I'm here to remind us that what is most scary about savings and investment, even investment, in this world is that they might actually disappear. And so the question is, as a child of God, are you saving and investing in the kingdom, in the things of God? Because let me just give this announcement early. I was going to give it at the end. The devil cannot touch the investment in the kingdom of God. He can't. The only investment he can touch is your material one. And even that one, God provides a way of him not messing around with it a lot. It's called tithes and offerings. When you do it, as we saw in the first week, Malachi chapter 3, God promises to protect your crop from the pest. Another version says to protect you from the devour of the crops, pointing to the enemy. But also, you understand, like in the life of Job, God may actually allow the devil to mess up your investment. And so the question for us today, even before we finish, is where are your savings and your investments? I hope you're managing your money well to the point you can actually point to a saving and probably an investment. That is amazing. But more than that, I hope that you are saving and investing in the kingdom. The Bible says we must store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. What does that mean? What do you mean store up for ourselves treasures in heaven? When you have in a bank, the bankers in the house, maybe maybe there's a way we need to call somebody and call somebody and then have our name there. But by the time we get to heaven, you know, account even known, praise the Lord. 
Which are the ways? And so I'll just state them and then we continue. Number one of the ways we store for ourselves treasures in heaven is by seeking the Lord of our heart, soul, and mind, giving it to Him so that we may get a new heart. And I will ask the question I ask every time I'm here Have you received the Lord into your heart? That is the number one way to store up treasures in heaven. Have you given Him all of you? Because I beg you and I hope you can hear me today. If you have not given the Lord all of your heart, chances are you're struggling to save and invest, even here on earth. Have you given him your heart? Romans 10:9. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Are you born again in the house of God today? Have you taken time to investigate the claims of this God of heaven? That's why we ask you to read the word of God. Have you taken time to read through the testimony of the disciples? What they've told us in the New Testament. That he existed in Israel. My heart's desire is one day to go and see the places where the Lord was. There's a rumor that Bishop was going to send us. Then COVID happened. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Who is God? Jaira. Who is he? Do you know him? If you don't, you're probably saving and investing in the wrong place. This is the number one place to save and invest in heavenly treasure. Second Corinthians 6 to informs us that now, this moment today is a day of salvation. If you don't harden your heart and heed to this call of salvation of your soul by the God our Creator, then man will not have your heart. Remember, guys, man is a spirit. It is a spirit. Give God all of your heart, or man will take over your spirit like never before. And if it happens that way, you will never invest in the kingdom of God. Give God your heart fully today, not tomorrow, live. And if you have somebody that you are crying out to God for, remember them every single day. Because guys, one of the saddest days on earth will be at the very end of time. And you've seen it around, guys. Guys with massive wealth. But then you can tell from even looking at their lives that their hearts have no Jesus. Jesus said it is very difficult for each man to enter heaven. Very difficult. If money takes over your heart, where? Do you remember the story of the rich man and Lazarus? It was a parable Jesus was giving. But in a town they lived a rich man called Adukwamia. His name is not even mentioned, but we are told the name of the poor man, Lazarus, who was begging consistently to this guy. What we are told is the rich man was very poor in heart. Lazarus was very rich in his heart. Because he had the Lord. When they died, they went straight to eternity. The rich man straight to hell. Hades, we are told. Lazarus straight to the arms of Abraham. And the rich man begs Abraham. boss. is like no. This ikisha, ikisha imeisha. When the world ends, it ends. Lazarus was now enjoying eternity with the Lord. What happened in this case? The rich man refused to accept Jesus in his heart. sorted. His savings and investments were beyond. But his heart had no Jehovah. The poor man had nothing. And so accepted Jehovah. At the very end of time, we see that they're in eternity, but one is suffering and one is enjoying. Choose today, guys. I beg you by the masters of God. Choose. Choose. Choose to give God all of your heart. That way you deposit into the kingdom of God. That's where it begins. Jesus commanded us in Matthew 22, 37 to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And so in giving God all of us, the very next step is giving our time. 
The very next free resource that we have after our heart is our time. And so I'll ask you today, how does your time look like in terms of storing into the kingdom of God? Did you know that honoring God with observing the Sabbath is giving God the best of your days? Did you know that? One out of seven days is actually 0.14. So you lose a Which is the tithe of all your days? So do you give God a day in your week? Ama is that for you? It is a command in the book of Exodus that observe the Sabbath, keep it holy. God is telling us this is part of investing in his kingdom. This is part of sending deposits ahead of us. Why? Because in obedience, there is blessings. And so guys, I will urge you, honor the Lord. Aya, did you know that 2.4 hours of each of your days should be God's? 10% of our time should be his. Okay, let's, let's have a look. We're supposed to sleep for how many hours? Eight, eh? Like, one hour, I will not talk to you. <laughs> We're supposed to work for how many hours? Eight, you know? I'm saving a uzito. Kuna potluck next week? <laughs> no. We're supposed to work for eight hours. I just smiled as we talk. My goodness. So we have eight hours to ourselves. What do you do with it? 2.4 hours of it daily, guys, will be the Lord. Mr. Fika, sister Mr. Fika. I'm going to ignore you completely. What do you do with your eight hours? What do you do? You slept, you worked. Uh-huh. Those are 16. The Lord expects a few of those hours. Good. Good two to three hours. Invest them in him. I'm trying. This year, because I've realized this work cannot be done without prayer. You can't. It is difficult. You cannot live as a child of God without prayer, without reading the word of God. When do you do it? Ama is on the way to work. Give the Lord the best of your time. Start it today. Tomorrow, Leo. Start it today. Ah, yeah. This is another one. Did you know that at least a month and a half of the year should be dedicated to God? Why do you think we direct you at least a week every so often to pray and fast, to stop? You know, just stop. I'm not saying you stop doing everything, just pause, you know. A month and a half is about how many weeks? Six weeks? Exactly. If you look at our calendar of events, prayer and fasting is about six weeks of the year. There's a reason. Do you dedicate time before God? It's a free resource. What do you do with it? Ama, are you selfishly just doing your own things and expecting that God will bless? Guys, it will never happen. Choose to do that so that we deposit in the kingdom of God. And when we do, we are blessed. Daniel, we are told in the book of Daniel, took time out of serving the king, the most powerful man in the nation at the time, Nebuchadnezzar, and prayed openly, three times a day, in the morning, midday, and in the evening. Why was he doing that? He wasn't showing off. Because he's dedicating his time, he's depositing in the kingdom of God. No wonder he was blessed. What have you chosen to do? This gives us another beautiful point. When you spend your time in prayer, in fasting, in private, God in heaven is pleased. We grow in him. And then he blesses us with communion. That's depositing in the heavenly kingdom. That is what this is all about. 
So you said the number one way of storing up treasures in heaven is giving the Lord all of our heart, all of our time. Number two, it is in giving God the best of your talents and gifts by serving him and serving others. Ephesians 4, 7, to each one of us, grace or a spiritual gift has been given as Christ apportioned it. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, now to each one of us, the manifestation of the Spirit of God is given for the common good of all believers. In October of last year, we talked about the Holy Spirit and how, for those who have received him, he has given you a gift. Turn to your neighbor, say my neighbor, Ukonaka gift. Hey. Hmm? Hmm. Whether you accept it or not, in the most difficult, <laughs> when, when life is difficult, I urge you to remember that God has blessed you with a gift from Him. Specific gift. For some of you, it is leadership. You assume that's a gift from God. For some of us, which I think is all of us anyway, God expects you to reach out to your neighbor. Reach out. Matthew 28, that is what he has commanded. Each one of you has a gift from God. How you use the gift is where the storage of the treasure comes in. Most of us have refused the gift of God inside of us. Now, to Mesema, for now, I need to do me until such a time that I'm confident or okay or able. The news is you're not storing treasure in the kingdom of God. God has blessed you with a gift so that you be a blessing to Him, serve Him. Servants, Jesus said, are greater than masters. Why? Because of service. We serve him first, then we serve others. So my question again, as I asked in October of last year, is are you serving the Lord? Do you know your gifts? Do you know God has blessed you, some of you, with more than one? And he expects you, expects you, and I expect that you flow in the gift. Even today. Guys, time is, time is running out. Guys are dying out here. We want to reach our community heavily this time round. Your gift is needed. We cannot do it on our own. We want to invite you to be part of it. Because each one of you has a gift that the rest of us don't have. Serve the Lord with your gift. That way you're depositing your treasure in the kingdom of God. Number three in how we store treasure in heaven is training up our children in the ways of God. Guys, one of the things that is the most painful in our times today is that most of us are so busy that we don't have time for our children. We are so caught up with whatever it is we are doing. Making it, going and looking for what we need in our homes that we are not present for our kids. Yet, it is the same lack of presence that has given us such heartache in our homes and where we come from. Some of us don't even know who our fathers or mothers are because they were never present. We are And so we are going in the same direction, but this time we are present, but we are not. Guys, one of the most like difficult or worst atrocities of our time is the next generation is dying. Dying simply because we're not training them up in the ways of God. If you saw what happened in the book of Judges, is that the generation that was there is a generation you could not compare to the generation in the book of Genesis. Exodus, sorry. Deuteronomy. These were guys who saw God knew his law. But because the parents of that generation decided not to, because they come to a promised land, by the time it got to the book of Judges, the Bible says, everyone did was right, did what was right in their own eyes. That is the side they are living in today. So do you have time for your children? 
Do you have time to remind them about the God of heaven? Because when we get to heaven, in Jesus' name, we'll be asked individually, I gave you the child. What did you do with them? Guys, one of the best ways to invest in the kingdom of God is train up your children in the ways of God. Direct them. Watch on in a culture. Don't give them to the house help. Make time. We work for how many hours? We sleep for how many? Balance ni? Ukisha mpea mungu ni? Makofi ya siichi tafadhani makofi. For those of us who are doing the house of God, there is two sections this house. Amen? Lakini sections kuzi ni wametulia siu ni barihidi. Atilawi. Hey, but I don't want to see no preach. Atilawi alihama. Atilawi moved from this section to this noanga. Hey, nidisi ya mesema. These are the chopees. Hata yo joki mepita. We. Guys, we have about five hours to ourselves. Don't be selfish. Train up the children that God has placed in your life in the ways of God. If we don't, Shakahola will be from some of our homes simply because they are not trained in the ways of God. God has blessed you. You know, there's this thing we assume that pastor can uphold that I don't. You'll be shocked. The only thing I have that you don't is I've said yes to this job. That is it. When it comes to abilities, you knowing the word of God, you breaking it down, you'll be very surprised. Now, now, to that, yeah, but now, very well. Book of Esther, you know. Yangalia hivi. Ingina usha jitokeza, ingina. God has blessed you. Remember, his spirit lives in you. His spirit lives in you. The spirit that created the universe lives inside of you. Jesus lives in you. So there's no difference that is your own. Please make time for the kids. Make time. Otherwise, the same way you're crying about your folks, they will. This time it will be to you. Number four, last week we said, obey the Almighty God in your tithes and offerings. That is the way we store treasure in the kingdom of God. Obey Him, guys. Obey Him. In the first week we looked at the book of Genesis that shows us our faith. That stems from Abraham, our father. The father of our faith. The father of all those who believe. We looked at how he tithed even before the command of God to tithe was in play. We saw that. After we saw that, we saw how Jesus rebukes the Pharisees. In telling them, guys, you have concentrated too much in the law of tithing and forgotten the giver of the law. And I said very keenly, there's no point to tithe if you don't believe in the God of heaven. You will not get the benefits. What's the point? Just because I like Dubai, I'm not there to enjoy what they have. So I can say all I want about Dubai. Praise the Lord. We looked at how Paul talked to us about reminding us of this verse we use at the give what you have decided in your heart to give. But we reminded each other that what you have decided in your heart to give must be from the doctrine of God, the laws of God, not our own understanding. And the laws of God are very clear. Give unto God a tithe of your income. Guys, there's a blessing in obeying God in tithes and offerings. I urge you by the masses of God to consider it. A church that gives in tithes and offerings is a blessed church. You will be very surprised. We are few, but we could move mountains. Amen? I've seen a group of very few gentlemen and women do things you would rather not have imagined them to do. Simply because they believed in stuff as simple as tithing. 
And so, guys, please, by the mercies of God, consider it. If you want to know the details to that, please remember, it's on our Spotify. Just check that. We looked at Malachi 3, 6 to 12. Because that's the law of God. By the time the Bible was getting to Malachi, the church had stopped giving. They had stopped. They had come back from captivity. And they had stopped giving. And God was reminding them, Hey guys, don't steal from me. And we said last week that those who steal are those who do not tithe. Those who tithe, 10%, are doing the bare minimum. And then those that give over and above their tithes are those that the Bible calls generous. Guys, consider. Thank you to all, all of you who have consistently tithed in the house of God. May the Lord remember you forever. Amen? Amen. Number five, remember the poor, the fatherless, and the foreigner. When we remember the poor, the fatherless, and the foreigners, the Bible says we are depositing in the kingdom of God. I will add the widow to that. Matthew 25, let me read from verse 31 to 46, eh? just quickly. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. These are the end of time. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the, one, the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you sees the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him. Lord, where did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in, or in prison and go to visit you? The king, Jehovah, Jesus, will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger? Or needing clothes or sick in prison? Or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Guys, Jesus showed compassion to the poor, to the orphan, to the widow, to the foreigner, to the despised, to the persecuted. So if he did, and he was Jehovah, who are we not to? One of the things you'll notice very keenly in this season is we're going to engage you a lot in our community to get to where they are. There are so many needs in our community. And so we can't just sit here and say, ah, Panda. Jehovah is there for them as well. Uh -uh. In showing kindness to the least of this, we are emulating Jesus. And with it, storing up treasure in heaven which in turn is of great blessing. In here we are shown that it will give us access into eternity. Imagine that. Imagine that. Guys, this is where the world gets it wrong. Giving to the poor without knowing Christ will not get you into heaven. It's the truth. First, change your heart. Let Christ come in. Then give to the poor. If you give your heart to the Lord and not remember the poor, there's a problem. Because you're giving to the Lord. Christ has equated himself to those that do not have in our community. 
He was born in a manger for crying out loud. His parents couldn't even afford a place for him. So they could, they couldn't find it. Guys, remember those that are struggling in your space. Remember them. And for those of you who have, may the Lord remember you at the very end of time. Amen? Final number six. How do we put treasure in heaven? By loving our enemies and enduring hardship and persecution. Matthew 5.44 says the following, and I hate this verse with all of my heart. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Here verse, love your enemies. Pray for those ah, Jehovah, Papa, Papa to be chorwa, me, me, personally. Because I have an issue with my enemies. I get angry. I can't hide. You know those guys who can hide? I mean, I don't know how to do that. Miss Juang. Like I enter into a space. Come on, Juicy. 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 <laughs> Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. 544. Why? Go back. This is 44, 5, chapter 5, verse 44. Rudy up to verse 10. The answer is there. Matthew 5, verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When you are persecuted because you love the Lord, rejoice. That is what they did to Jesus. When you are made fun of for reading the Bible, rejoice. That is what they did to Jesus. When they make fun of you because you have accepted Jesus and don't want the ways of the world, rejoice. That is what they did to Jesus. Yours is the kingdom of God. I actually normally say the true way of knowing a believer is whether they've suffered persecution. Was no persecution of some sort because Jesus said the things have gone through you'll also go through. If they called me the devil himself, what do they call you? Well, my goodness. Shetan, this is Jesus. What do they call you? That's verse 10. Matthew 5, verse 10. Verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Blessed are you. Rejoice and be glad. Here is a blessing. Great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who are before you, including Jesus Christ. So are you suffering persecution at your workplace? At the business, in your family. Remember, one of us was saying that when Christ came into their heart, because nobody in their family knows Jesus. And they've always made fun of believers, always persecuted them. Hang in there. Amen? Boldly. Let not you knowing the Lord stop you. From being the believer you're supposed to be, even at your workplace. If you confess me before men, Jesus said, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. That's the promise. Why? Because you have made a heavenly deposit of treasure. And it is pay time when he confesses before you in heaven. Guys, God is the creator of all mankind, even our enemies. When we when we respond to their wrongdoing in love and in forgiveness, we are responding like he would and he has already. So for those who are suffering persecution even now, find strength from the power of the Spirit of God in you that is able to do all things, remember, and love and forgive.
That way God blesses you because you're storing up treasure in heaven. So guys, that's it. I hope you can see that the storing up of treasures in heaven is God asking us to question whether we have a delayed gratification attitude. Especially to the present. I know that crowd looks fun, but uh-uh, imagine. Lenga. Store everything in heaven. I hope you can see God is telling us to have an eternal perspective on everything. Eternal. The same way when you get your money, you know very well, the end goal is that piece of property. So I have to cut down ice cream. No. <laughs> the same way God is asking us to invest in heavenly treasure. I hope that you can also see that the greatest reward from heaven isn't answered prayer. It is not joy. It is not peace. It is not magnificence of the fruit of the Spirit in us. The greatest gift, the greatest reward from heaven is at the very end we'll see him face to face. Are you in a good place? Are you in a difficult place? More than that, check your heart. Is your heart with the Lord or is it not? Because if it is, that was how you will save, you will invest. And the Lord may actually allow you to create wealth for generations. Amen? Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. at Trubani House off Airport North Road. Have a blessed week.